Ramsey's been fine, but today, his zoomies usually last like five minutes, but today it was a 15 minute It wasn't slowing down. I was like, fuck's sake, man. You're like, Christ. can you not please? We're trying to do a podcast here. Come I was on, like, daddy's, daddy's trying to do a food thing. <laughs> Play please. ball, please. <laughs> Why you gotta be like this? By the way, what are you drinking tonight? So I am on a very exotic iron brew. <laughs> okay, because I was like, I don't drink during the week, but I fancied having this beer for a while. So I'm going to have a beer, but oh, I was good. like, is that okay? Quite <laughs> right. Like, yeah, go for it. Right, I'll do a quick cheers with you. Oh yeah, cheers. cheers. Oh, like cheers. That. cheers. Hello and welcome to Dishing It, the podcast where I catch up with food brands and content creators to delve into their food highlights from all across Scotland. On today's episode, I catch up with Julia Bryce, the head of food and drink at DC Thompson's Media, who has an overseeing eye of all the food happenings here in Scotland. Whether it's what's new in the scene or reviews, she's always one of the first to know about the best in food. And if she doesn't know about it, does it even exist at all? Who knows? During our chat, we talked about plenty of food, and especially food that we were missing from the city, and bagels took a hefty feature. And as I was editing this episode, the universe answered our prayers and opened up a bagel shop right in Aberdeen. So NYC has opened up on Union Street, offering a medley of bagels baked daily by the bread guy, all ready to be married with over 25 hot, cold and sweet fillings. Just what I needed. I was kindly invited down to check out what it had in store and I went for the bada-bing, which had a thinly crisp chicken schnitzel, mozzarella, rocket and basil pesto, switched it from the red chilli pesto because, you know, Spice isn't the one for me. And holy moly, these bagels don't mess about. Loaded with fillings, incredible taste, and definitely have me coming back for more. And the bagels, oh, the bagels, super fresh and a right doorstep. Strike that, tractor tire of a bagel. Beautiful, you have to try it out. So without further ado, I will stop yakking on and I will get into this episode with Julia and I'll see you at the end. Enjoy. Okay, so she's used to writing all about her food recommendations down for us all to see, but today she gives up the keyboard to tell us all about her must-eat spots via Zoom. Julia Bryce, welcome to Dishing It. Hello, Colin, <laughs> how are you? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Feeling good. <laughs> Feeling good, and you've got your fierce beer in hand. I do indeed, a little fierce rhubarb number, Fruity Pale Ale. What can I say? Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. I know you are full of food recommendations, not just for Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire, but you're always out eating everywhere. Maybe not so much over lockdown, to be fair, but in general, you know where to go to eat. And I followed you for a few years on social media, back to your days of when you had your lifestyle blog, uh, Just Julia. It was Just Julia. Yeah. Just, it, yeah, it was Just, just Julia. Julia. I was writing down, I was like, I'm pretty sure it was just Julia. Um, <laughs> and then obviously you um, were at Society and now you're head of food and drink at uh, DCT Media. What sort of role is that like? That must be full on. Yeah, it's full on, varied, no day is the same. One day <laughs> I've been on a fishing boat, the next day you're in like a million meetings. So yeah, it's, it's great. It's so much fun. Keeps you on your toes. <laughs> it definitely what, does. Yeah, I can imagine. And what, um, what for people who don't know DCT Media, what's, uh, what publications are under that umbrella? So the publications that I work for with the newspaper brands are the Press and Journal and the Evening Express up in Aberdeen and the Highlands and Islands. And then we've got in Tayside and Fife, the Courier and the Evening Telegraph. 
exciting. So anyone listening, most people who listen are from Scotland, so there'll be one nearby you to go pick up from the shops and get all your foodie inspo. Over your time writing, what's been your favourite story to cover? Honestly, Colin, There's... the absolute favourite, like, I'm, I'm totally going to change the tone here, but it's, <laughs> so food and drink is obviously so varied. And for me, the ones that mean the most to me are the ones that are really emotive. So I had a woman um, called Leslie Smith from Buggles Bakes in Shetland, and she kind of bared all on her alcohol problem and how baking helped her overcome being an alcoholic um, and her sobriety journey. And it's those kind of stories that mean so much to that person and they Mm -hmm. reveal their raw self that I think are the most powerful and are so empowering. And yeah, I mean, obviously, like we get to write about like new places opening, like, you know, farmers, everyone and their dog, you know, anyone who's related to food and drink, that's what we write about. But it's those kind of really community, amazing emotional stories that I just think are are so special. Um, And for people to be like so open and share their kind of most intimate, darkest moments with us, I think it's just a privilege to be able to kind of tell their story. So I'm going to say, not that it's my favourite, but that's probably one of the most memorable for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. And it must get to that point sometimes when you are writing those emotive stories that you feel like, a, not a duty of care, that's not the word I want to say, but it's like you want to put your all into that article because they've bared all for you. And it must get to that point, you're like, oh God, like how, like I want to write in a certain way, but I want to do it justice and I hope it comes off in the right way type thing. It must be hard sometimes. 100%, of course. Like you want the absolute best for not just the story, but for the person that, you're writing about you want them to be proud of the piece that they pick up obviously some of the stuff that we write about isn't positive there are like negative aspects to food and drink it's not all food reviews and recipes and you know all that kind of fun stuff there is some really hard stuff um you know like the tom kitchen stuff that broke Mm -hmm. but yeah i think yeah I, i think you've just got to do the absolute best that you can and being a food and drink journalist because we're so passionate about the industry you properly care and like any journalist you know you want the best for your story and you want the best for that person as well so yeah oh love it and uh buckles bakes was that a interview during covid or was that uh you got to go and meet them in person and try the bakes um so she lives in shetland so uh unfortunately it was always going to be a zoom or phone interview and but yeah it was during covid and to be fair i i do try and get out as much as i can to jobs obviously there's a there's a big balance there but yes uh, any opportunity to get out and try some cake i am 100 yes. there <laughs> <laughs> always there me too 100 <laughs> and you've interviewed um a few well-kent faces as we say up here uh, over your time but who would be your dream interview guest if you could pick one oh does it is it food related like it doesn't have to be food related and it doesn't even have to be a celebrity Ooh. which um, might make it harder i guess in my job I'm really lucky like I've interviewed some amazing top chefs who like are just blow my mind but if I could interview absolutely anybody in the world I would love to sit and chat with David Attenborough I am such a big fan of his have been since I was a child and I am obsessed with animals and anything to do with animals so I would just love to sit and have dinner with him and have a chat about amazing things that he's done over fine food <laughs> you wouldn't even have to I think he'd be that sort of person you wouldn't even have to ask him questions he would just have 
stories galore. Just he just say, right, what do you want to know? And then you just say elephants. And then he'll just tell you all the stories he knows about elephants. It'd be great. It would be the longest dinner ever. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Book out the restaurant for the day. That's what I would do. For the week. For the week, 100%. <laughs> Cast your mind back to when you were younger, but where did your love for food all start? Was there a moment that, I mean, everyone does love food to an extent, I suppose, but you've got a real love and passion for it. Where did that all start? I honestly wish I could tell you that like I baked lasagna with my mum and that I baked pancakes and muffins with my grannies and that I was totally in the kitchen. I honestly wish I could tell you that. The only thing that I can remember as a kid growing up with food is wearing it and having it all over myself um, <laughs> or eating far too much of it um, and then again wearing it all over myself. But For me, I think I properly fell in love with how I define food now um, as like an early, early, early 20s, like late teen, late, late teens. Um, In kind of when I started my blog, kind of I was working in hospitality, I was working as a waitress and then was looking at how people were serving and was looking at what it meant to be an independent business. And the more independent business I went to, the more restaurateurs I, I got knowing and I just kind of became obsessed with finding out why people would start a business like this and how they come up with different recipes and like chefs their palate is just unbelievable yeah, and bartenders crazy. like the knowledge that these guys have is just insane um and I I think I really became obsessed with it probably early 20s and since then it is unfortunately just progressed as has my waistline <laughs> <laughs> I feel you there. I feel you there. And I actually remember, um, say in previous roles, we kind of crossed over and knew each other from like networking and stuff. But I remember going to Nick Nairn's pizza bar opening. What was it called again? Um, Nairn, was this called Nick Nairn's Pizza? Yeah, it was like Nick's Pizza or something. Nick's like Pizza, that? Nick's Nick Pizzeria pizza. or something. Something like that. that I was remember. His cook school, wasn't it? Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember um, being there. I remember being on the bar, like with you and the um, girls from Lost in Food. I remember like eating pe- me, of course, just eating pizza. This is before I did my food blog or anything. And I remember you just like leaning over and like going to Nick. So what, what made you think of pizza? And I was just like, this girl's good. She's good with questions. <laughs> like, hi, Nick. I know you're busy, but why pizza? <laughs> Nick, Nick, I know you need to put that mozzarella on that pizza, but I've got a question. <laughs> Listen up please answer and also where's the like the Prosecco on tap in here or something yeah I feel like that was maybe what was missing and pizza and Prosecco is like the best combo so I think we needed a a Prosecco tap in there I think that would have really really sold anyone anyone listening if you think you want to open a pizza bar get a Prosecco tap in there and we'll be there with bells on (laughs) (laughs) definitely and you mentioned obviously you didn't have like many memories of like making lasagna with your mum or doing stuff for your granny but what was the staple dinner served on the table at the at the Bryce household when you were younger oh that is a very good question so I love chili and I I love my mum's chili so she would always make a really mean chili um she also sticking to the mince uh loved the (laughs) spaghetti bolognese my little sister Nicole I say little she is six foot two but um (laughs) yeah so she towers above me and she was obsessed with spaghetti bolognese my mom would also make carbonara all the time and I am actually not the biggest fan of carbonara I know I'm so sorry like me plus creamy pasta I'm just I'm a tomato girl I think so yeah you should try 
Jamie Oliver in his uh, Five Ingredients book, he's got a really good carbonara recipe and it's not a creamy one. It's made with egg and it's not got any cream in it and it's much better. Well, you're I not meant it. to put cream in it anyway. So my mum was yeah. obviously making the British version rather than the actual authentic Italian. So maybe yeah. I should give it, a, I shouldn't say I don't like carbonara. I'll just say I don't like my mum's carbonara. <laughs> That's okay. I'm the same my mum. You mentioned with mint. That must be a Northeast thing, mints, because my mum, every time I come home, she doesn't do it now because I told her off, but it got to a phase that it was either mints and tatties, spaghetti bolognese, mints with pasta, or anything mints. And I was like to mum, I was like, I really like mint sometimes, but I don't like it every time I come home. Like, can we mix it up? And she hasn't done it since, so I think I've maybe scared her. What do you get now then? So what, what does she give you? Like, So it will be a medley. I mean, I've not been in a while because of COVID, really. I've actually not been for a dinner at Mum's for a while, but usually it will be, she knows pizza's the way to my heart, so it might just be a pizza. Or she occasionally does a curry. She pushes a boat out with a curry sometimes. Ooh. So only recently she um, started making her own like bolognese sauce using tomatoes rather than the jar. Because me and my brother and my sister were all like, like, you know, you can make it without the jar. It's like much better. Like we sound like we're horrible kids. We do love our mum and she loves us, I think. Maybe not. But um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so that's, that's mum for you. So <laughs> you have the all seeing eye when it comes to the local food scene. Um, what has been your favorite foodie development over the past years do you think in the city or the shire okay so this is going to sound really bizarre but how collaborative people have become so when I first started like food blogging or kind of being in a scene in any shape or form it was very much like rivalry so they're doing this and they're doing that and let's not tell them our secrets and let's like stay very separate and now all you see is people partnering together, working yeah. together. And I just love it. I think it is so refreshing. And I don't think every city is like that. I do think like some cities, like there's still or some towns and whatever, are very much like you and them or them and you. But I honestly think Aberdeen and Aberdeenshire, like it doesn't matter what it is, if it's bars, if it's restaurants, if it's producers, they are all there for each other and they're all helping mm-hmm. each other. And I just think that is such a nice development to see within the city. Um, and I don't know about you, but all I can think about also right now is street food. And like, mm-hmm. I can't not mention it because literally everyone seems to be going on this like crazy street food adventure, Yeah, um, yeah. which is great. You know, there's all these like the bike yard and there's the beach collective and like all these different places where you can go and get really cool dishes for like a good price mm-hmm. and just sit and try a heap of everything. And I think that street food thing is definitely going to continue but I don't know do you what what do you think like do you think street food I've, is also quite popular yeah I think so I um so I've recently started uh writing some content for Hidden Scotland and one of my things was on street food in Aberdeen and I was speaking about how that's our I think that's our thing for getting us put on the map and collaboration and all that stuff and I think exactly what you said like collaboration is huge and on last series everyone was speaking about collaboration and working with each other and partnering and it is really nice to see because as you say, many years ago, it was very much, well, we are doing this. No one else better touch steak. Like steak is our thing. Yeah. And now now every like everyone just wants to work together. And I think it was really big when Brewdog and Fierce did a collab, like when Fierce first started out. And I think that, I don't think they started the trend, but I think that was when everyone kind of saw, all oh, right, the big wig Brewdog is collaborating with a, like, a new brewery. This is amazing. Like, and I think that's maybe 
got people thinking right we we can collab with someone who's in the same remit as us and we can grow exposure and yeah it's I love seeing it it's amazing yeah I think it says a lot about a business as well to open themselves up to that because yeah it's like I'm welcome like you know I'm willing to share my secrets with you do you want to kind of share your secrets with me and you can actually make some incredible things out of it like the guys that like big manny's like smoke and soul mm-hmm. avo roots like they've all done so well with collabs like even like with regards to what you said like some of the brewers and stuff it's so nice to see and i do think i think the more of that and then sprinkling of street food um and just getting back out eating is just going to do yeah. the city and the shire so much help long may it continue long may it continue and what would you say is a eatery in Aberdeen or Aberdeenshire that everyone needs to know about okay so obviously everybody should already know about the Rothsay rooms I'm presuming Um, surely everybody kind of knows about that hopefully hopefully that that would that would probably be like my one go-to especially if you're visiting visiting the area like if you're a tourist you have to go there for dinner like no matter what you just have to it's so good actually go for lunch go for whatever you want it's so good and get three courses do not be do not scrimp like no do not no scrimp in there go for it but my hidden kind of I say hidden gem it's maybe not hidden gem and why I'm obsessed with it is I got the best pastrami bagel I've ever eaten in my life there and bagels for me in the northeast they're not a big thing like I love them I'm obsessed with them and I would happily go and pay god knows how much money for a bit for a bagel like if we we need a bagel shop is what I'm trying to say but um the tasting room in Inverbervie that's where I got yes and it is so underrated it's it's just like so under the radar um because I've been dying to go out and get there because I keep on seeing stuff and I'm like I need to be down that location at some point because every time and I'm so glad you said that because it's such a great place we're gonna go for a pastrami (laughs) bagel date that's it like yes I will get our partners involved and just go and get all the do it I like this I like this really good that's (gasps) amazing great and um if you could travel back in time what eatery or food brand that's no longer with us today would you bring back from the fed obviously it would have to be yatai obviously yes oh yes. my gosh i cried when that restaurant closed. that was I so was... sad so sad pork, those pork valley skewers are probably mm. one of the best things mm. i've ever eaten in my life like they, they were so good so good and to not be able to go to a restaurant and get them anymore just makes me so sad. And the service, like, oh, The just vibe, the setting, it was just great. For anyone listening it. who didn't go to Yatai, it closed down, was it the start of this year? Pretty much. It was quite recent, or was it last year? I I think it might have been last year. It could have been But it was year, great. It served up, like, sushi, um, Thai-inspired dishes, like, just amazing. Inside, it was kind of like bamboo and really kind of it felt like you were in a local's house is what it yeah, felt like and it was, it was just like really nice sitting in like a Japanese kind of house wasn't it like oh, it was just great. fabulous and yeah everything was great about it and what I will say is I was so the very last time I was there I was with Michelle Clark who used to own Melt oh yeah of course. please bring back from the dead because hello cheese toast is like no one else so good and the brownies were just unbelievable I mean she's at trellis now which is mm-hmm. in which is good Newbera. yeah I've not mm-hmm. been yet have you been 
I haven't. I mean, I mean, I taste with my eyes. Like everything else, <laughs> like, that'll be good. And knowing the brownies that she used to do, like I like, come on, like she can, she can't do anything wrong. The sticky toffee pudding that the Melt restaurant used to do, that sauce, I could have had a bath in it. Oh, it was her stuff brilliant. was brilliant, unreal. And do you know where else I would love? Sorry, you asked for one place, and I'm probably it's great. It like Keep them coming. Coming. Right. I know maybe a little bit controversial because of what happened and stuff, but the Adelphi kitchen in the courtyard, like I mm-hmm. love Maggie's grill, but yeah, also I loved Adelphi Kitchen. Like what the head chef there, um, Murray, when he was there, the food was unbelievable. Like such good smoked barbecue food. And that is very much my vibe. And I'm still quite sad about that. And I'm gonna mention I, two I, other places, Colin. Great. <laughs> So these, these places, because they're like, so when me and Cal and my boyfriend first started dating, our very first date was the stage door, you know, at, mm. the, at the back of like where HRT mm-hmm. and that is. And we went there for our first date. And I'm so gutted that that's closed because it was such a nice feel like pre-theater place to go. Yeah. Um, and another place we went for a date that is no longer with us is La Tasca. Oh, How yeah. How like, Tasca? Like the salsa the- dancing. It was good. It was great. And they had the sangria and stuff. And then obviously when it closed and then Julia's shaking her shoulders, <laughs> she's doing <laughs> her salsas. <laughs> um, and then obviously when it closed, then Topla Bamba came in and I think Topla Bamba's maybe closed now as well. And it's sad because, yeah, I think I, I, it's awful. Like I, I like a tapas place and that's what, that's something Aberdeen is missing. And obviously it's good because Cafe Harmony have started doing tapas stuff, second home um studio and cafe they started doing tapas Kirkview do tapas so Scottish tapas everyone go there and speaking of back from the fed bagels and stuff oh I know oh I've got another one but yes (laughs) bagels and stuff because obviously I was just saying we need a bagel place and Mm -hmm. bagels and stuff was good it was so good their bagels were really really good and for something sweet do you remember black penguin Black Penguin. The Black ice penguin. cream place. The ice cream place, yes. Up, um, was it near Little and Mac? Yeah, it was yeah. another gate. They did this amazing, it was black and it was ro- It was black rose gelato. And I swear that is one of the best, if not the best ice cream well, gelato that I've ever had. It was so good. That was somewhere I don't even think, because it wasn't open for that long. No, it wasn't. And it's really sad because it was really, really good. And, and I, I, just, don't, I think I didn't manage to get, get to it. And yeah, it was, is, is it a bigger brand or is that, was it a local brand? No, it's like a small independent. So I don't know if it was just the case of location or what went That's wrong. That's even but sadder. I hate so that. So sad. Yeah, I was, no. I was proper gutted about that one. Oh, well, lots of ones to take back from the Fed. So again, <laughs> anyone, le- any entrepreneur who's listening who needs something to do start up one of those things and you'll get at least two customers and that would be me and julia (laughs) maybe four plus a partner as we take them everywhere (laughs) i think it's time for a little breather we'll get back to my chat with julia just after this short commercial break today's episode is kindly sponsored by castleton farm i first experienced castleton farm back in summer when i dropped in by to rummage in its farm shop and take a seat in its cafe and since then i've never left well obviously i have but you know metaphorically Located just south of Stonehaven, Castleton is a family-run farm, shop and cafe which grows, picks and processes its very own fruits and vegetables. Well known for growing its signature berries, Castleton creates its very own jams, preserves, chutneys and sauces which are all up for grabs in its farm shop. That's a true paradise. Shelves stocked high with the best products from all across the northeast and further afield. 
and it's here that you'll find plenty of pies and ready meals to cook a hearty homemade dinner at home. From your traditional macaroni topped with plenty of cheese to substantial steak pie fit for the family, or the taste of Thai with the likes of the coconut chicken curry, the range will cure any hankering you have and it's all fueled with the best locally sourced ingredients. You can even take home batches of its frozen scone dough so you can make the Castle Inn signature scones straight from home. Heaven. Speaking of scones, you can also get these in the cafe, which offers a perfect spot to take a load off after a true haul off the farm shop. With a counter full of home bakes, incredible tarts, and as I said, mammoth scones, in addition to the lunch and dinner options, you will not be left hungry here. Paradise for some might be a beach on a faraway sunny island, but mine is most certainly Castleton Farm. Back to the podcast. So, right, let's dive right into your food recommendations. So your bags are packed and you're ready for the biggest foodie tour across Scotland. Where are you going for your starter, your main and your dessert? And what are you ordering? You do realise that this is torture that I've I'm try, I've tried to just pick one because I will literally be here all night talking about things. <laughs> so I've, I've well, I mean, you've there. managed to add one, two, three, four, five <laughs> on top of the back from the Fed question. <laughs> So right, I will literally guys block out an hour, block out an hour. I'll keep it to one. I'll keep it to one of each. So starter. Where am I going for my starter? It has to be Moonfish Cafe. Um, ideally for scallops because their scallops are just unbelievable. But I will take any one of their starters. Um, what you'll find with Moonfish is that they'll put a dish, say it's called tomatoes, and you'll think, all right, okay, it's just gonna be tomatoes, but actually it is a work of art and a masterpiece, and it doesn't even look anything like a tomato but it tastes yeah. like a tomato and it's just unbelievable yeah. like what brown is amazing is there is incredible that he is yeah he's absolutely talented. he is and he's very much flying the flag for like really funky cool dining which is just chilled but sophisticated i think what's good there as well is that every time you go it's always different like the always. menu constantly changes and it's like you as you say that like you could order something that said tomatoes but you're just going to get back something that blows your socks off. Like nothing is, I just always, I always say to Rachel, like we need to go um, because literally like it is just such a good dining experience and any time of the, any, lunch or dinner, like either it's still good, either or. Yeah, absolutely. Like their bunch is really, really good. And like, it's actually so affordable for like mm-hmm, what you're getting, definitely. the quality of food. Um, Yeah, 100%. So that's where I'd have my starter. Great choice. And main. So my main, I went between ribs at maggie's because they're so good tacos from el cartel but the one place that i'm gonna recommend is in glasgow so i went to the butcher shop in glasgow i don't know if you've ever been calling but no, it's like I'm a not. steakhouse and mm. me and my boyfriend were in glasgow and we were out for date night and bb and me of course have researched like a million places so they do this thing i don't know if they do it anymore but they used to do this thing i think it was like maybe a wednesday or thursday night because it was like midweek and it was like tomahawk Wednesdays or something, mm-hmm. right? You got 1.25 kg of meat Oof, on that. this insane bone that like Fred Flintstone would run about with. And you had like chips, sides, I think even a bottle of wine, it was like 70 pounds. And it was unbelievable. Like, boys. It was so good. And they do such good cocktails as well. So it was just like the ultimate. So that would be my main is that massive big oh, tomahawk steak. Yes yes and what would you would you get any more sides on the side of that I dare mean, you so, well I mean when in Rome you know what I mean yeah. you've got to you've just got to stretch your your stomach at these occasions just got to enjoy life you only exactly. live once 
Exactly. Um, yeah, so yeah, I would order every side that they had probably. But no, my sides definitely for steak have to be onion rings, chips or some sort of potato-y kind of vibe. Um, and then I do quite like like grilled tomatoes or whatever, but or mushrooms or like some sort of veg as well. I, th- I think I've basically named everything that you could possibly have. I food. love it. And if um, if calories didn't exist in this epic food escapade, if you could take us a side from another restaurant or eatery or wherever you've been, where what would you add in? Okay, right. I actually was thinking about this place today, and I don't even know if it's still open. So apologies. I think it is. I'm presuming it is. Um, 83 Hanover Street as well that was in Glasgow so I love Padron peppers they are so good a bit of sprinkling of salt on them like whatever you want to put on them if you want to feel a bit of cheese or parmesan on them like yeah those were unbelievable so I would have I, I would eat them all day if I could like I love Padron peppers so the Padron peppers there is where I think I would yeah, for my, my my second side or my third fourth or fifth side what a feast indeed what a feast <laughs> and where, where are you going for your dessert so I have such a sweet tooth right but I am like a brownie kind of gal I'm not really into lemon tarts and stuff like that and as much as like I order dessert I actually prefer things like donuts so I know that sounds really weird I'd rather like eat stuff myself to bits and then come home for like a really nice donut or something uh-huh. like that yeah and um, so my donut places that you have to go to in Aberdeen bomb donuts for the filled ones simply donuts or like the normal ring ones because what Kendall does is just phenomenal like amazing they are like works of art and then in Glasgow for anyone who's listening in Glasgow obviously tantrum donuts because that's where I first fell in love with these kind of style of donuts and they will always have my heart and I message them every now and then asking them to come to Aberdeen all the time. <laughs> like, please, please. What's your favourite, what's your favourite flavour at Tantrum? Have you got one? They, it's, I think it's strawberry and pistachio, which is quite oh, unusual for me, but honestly. It, that sounds like a good combo. Yeah, it's really nice. I'm pretty sure it's strawberry and pistachio. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, I've not obviously been in ages because of COVID, but yeah, it was oh, spot oh. on. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I, I actually managed to finally, after more than a year, get my hands on Simply Donuts. Like, Ooh. Oh, congratulations! Uh, I know. It was like I gave birth. Honestly, like I'd never felt so happy in my life <laughs> when I finally <laughs> got it. I was like, um, I messaged, because uh, she I think she put up, it was when they were doing the Forest Farm gelato thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, right, I can either go out to Forest Farm, like the minute I finish work on the Friday and like, they'll probably be sold out but I can always try that and then she put something on her story about I can't remember what it was it was about delivery or whatever and I I messaged be like I am so hoping I managed to get at Forest Farm I'm just going to manifest 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 and then she messaged back being like oh well I've actually got some on the website still if you want and I was like oh, what what <laughs> what yes! then, yeah I literally nearly threw my phone and then got got the last three got the last three in my basket and it, I did not even, I mean, the wait was worth it, but actually the torture of having to wait for that long was horrible. But it's so great to see that still now a year on, still selling out the door. Like, I mean, it's amazing. Such it, an amazing brand. It's so good. And you're so right. And like her flavor profiles and everything that she has is so good. What flavors Top did notch. you get? So I ended up getting the raspberry cream which was really it's that, it's that glaze it's that glaze she has in the donuts are just 
something else. Uh, the raspberry uh, cream, the Nutella, and then savory. I got a, it was a t- um, tomato and shallot uh, on the I side. Oh, oh, it was amazing. It was so, I, I, I went in blind. I was like, I don't really know what to expect from this. But because her donuts, like the actual dough isn't uber sweet. It's like quite like vanilla-y or it's got like a, a slight taste. So this had like a kind of herby taste to it. And then the tomato and the caramelized shallot on top was just beautiful. So I had that, you know how much I love a brinner. Had that on the side <laughs> of um, some scrambled eggs and stuff. And oh, what a delight. It was great. Colin, that sounds absolutely heavenly. It, it really was. So if you, <laughs> if you get savory donuts, if there's any on the website, whenever you're ordering again, I would highly recommend. Oh, nice. I'm thinking like a wee bit of balsamic glaze on the side just to like oh, maybe dip it in. Oh, that would have been actually good. Ooh. Yeah, we dip a dip. <laughs> dip a dip, I love it. We dip a dip. I'll be going on the website to see if I can get more now. And amongst all that, what is your go-to drink that you'd need to have? So... It's maybe not much. So I love a margarita. So my, a margarita would be mm-hmm. like my go-to. Um, pineapple margarita from Orchid is probably like god-tier margaritas. So definitely if they ever share the recipe for that, get that and keep it and store it in a box because it's the best margarita you're ever going to eat. Eat, drink, jeez. Um, but <laughs> I will mention as well. So Pandan Sons in Edinburgh, I absolutely adore what they do. I love the theatrics. I love the quality of the drinks, the service, everything there is great. And talking of orchids, so I don't know if you ever tried it, but many, many moons ago, they did this cocktail called the Cocoa Monkey. Now I tell everyone about this cocktail. Ooh, I've not heard of and it. And it is, I, I can't remember if it was vodka or rum. I can't remember, but it had cocoa pops milk in it and it literally was like a dessert and it had like squirty cream all the way up it and it was just unreal and I remember being on nights out with my friends who were like taking shots doing all this and here's me with a cocoa monkey like the cocoa monkey like in my element and farmer and that behind the bar like you go oh my god (laughs) cocoa pops cocoa pops milk is like my favorite type of milk like oh I like so just going off topic when you have cocoa pops do you let them go soggy and then eat it? <laughs> or do you eat it straight away while it's got the crunch and the chocolate? I le- I'm not going to lie. I don't like the mental sogginess. Like I like a uh, bit of crunch. Like I like oh. to leave it so it's like a bit mushy, a bit crunchy. You know, the ones at the mm-hmm. top, they've maybe not been mushed Yeah, they're a bit yet. crisp. It's like yes. a lasagna top. A lasagna yes. of, of cereal. Yes, <laughs> a lasagna of cereal. Yes, no, exactly that. Like a little bit crispy on top and like a little bit mushy because then you do get the the chocolatey milk like obviously you're mm-hmm. not going to eat cocoa pops and not have the chocolatey milk like, oh no mean? that's heathens whoever does that just have their face <laughs> yeah um exactly. oh yeah no i oh i lo- i get them uber soggy and what i do is when i t- <laughs> when i take the spoon like i'm trying to take as little chocolate milk as possible then i eat the coat so then i'm left with a bowl of milk and i'm just like yes calcium. and please tell me you like just like Pour it into your mouth. Pour it back. Yeah. Lean, lean back and just funnel it in. Scared. <laughs> I know. Oh, that sounds great. I wonder if they do still do the Coco Monkey because I, I need that. I don't think they do, but mm. I have. I might start a petition to get to bring it well, back. Just well, add so that, that to the. Add that to the back from the Fed list. I'll put that in. <laughs> so was it a taken a white Russian like that sort of idea? 
kind of do you know honestly Colin I've got no idea like I have no idea it just was amazing and it came with one of those like like red and white like kind of swirly um straws and it was mm-hmm. just oh. excellent like packed with ice as well so it was a bit of a lot longer drink but it was so good and the cream on top and like they put cocoa pops on top of it as well oh so, better so I you know. get your little lasagna top get yeah. your cocoa pop top <laughs> love it so you're I'm a, I'm a lover of a margarita as well. Like margarita is my go-to all the time. Are you a margarita in a tall glass with lots of ice? Or are you a little, you know, like a little margarita? Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, like a coupe. Martini, martini, a coupe. There we go. That's someone who's a educated. Coupe. A coupe, a coupe glass. A coupe glass. Yes, no, I am definitely, I, not that I don't like margaritas on the rocks because I think there's a time and a place for that. I am definitely a margarita short like just mm-hmm. give it to me good. get all the alcohol all the alcohol yeah. and all the salt and all I want to be all fancy with my little glass like sipping away like having worked for a tequila brand like I became quite obsessed with tequila and quite obsessed with margaritas so mm-hmm. yeah and do you like do you like tequilas that like, I love you're... tequila but what? only it's got to be white tequila it can't be the brown stuff can't okay, be the brown so stuff you don't like reposado or um oh god you know your stuff <laughs> oh I, this was my thing for about a year, Colin. I should know all this stuff. Um, do you like a Paloma? I've not even heard of a Paloma. I, I know Paloma Faith. I like her. Colin. Okay, a Paloma basically has um, no ting. You know, grapefruit. Juice. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, like, yeah. So, like, basically have tequila with ting. It will change your life. Oh, okay. That's going to be my ting. <laughs> so it's called a Paloma. Let me just write yeah. this down. A Paloma. And it is grapefruit ting. Yeah. So I remember what that is. And tequila. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. You get like cans of ting like in the shop. So it's like a grapefruit soda basically. But oh. yeah, I mean, you can make a Paloma. I can't remember what else should be in it. Maybe a little bit of lime probably. That's really bad. But yeah, I would definitely, oh. if you like tequila, you I think you'll like Love tequila. I love nothing better than a Cafe Patron as well, but it's so fucking expensive. <laughs> It's for that tiny little bottle. It would be gone. I'd just put a straw in it and it would just be gone in the night. It's not worth it. It's so much. I just don't like coffee, Colin, so I can't tell you. you How do you meet your deadlines? Honestly, I have no idea. It's just um, ridiculous. Do you you not like hot drinks at all? No, so I like tea, but I don't really drink, like, green tea. What that is, but... Mm. All those kind of teas. Acid, Pep- acid. Peppermint tea, I will drink. Mm-hmm. Um, tea, tea, builder's tea, breakfast tea, I will drink. I love hot chocolates. I was that person. So you know when you would go to a meeting and it's like a business oh. meeting and you're like, would you like a coffee or a tea? And I'm like, oh. like yeah. I was that guy for ages or that woman for ages. Um, and then I kind of matured and was like, Julia, stop. That's absolutely ridiculous. But yeah um no I like hot drinks I just I can't drink coffee just does not agree with me like caffeine in general just does not agree with me like even like full fat cokes and stuff like that or caffeine in medicine and stuff it just does not agree with me I'm probably too hyperactive and mental that there's it's like no chance like (laughs) we can't take any more in this girl we can't take any more yeah we're closed we're closed how (laughs) if you do you take like a proper builder's tea like I mean like tiny splash of milk or on the color chart where are you are you like a beige are you a mocha like what color are you in the tea I would probably say I'm like middle right so like so if the middle and then right or like 
middle is five and then 10 is mental borders tea. I'd yes. probably be like a six, seven, depending on how I'm feeling. Like if I'm wanting a little bit of a milkier tea, but like that whole, I've got a splash of tea in my milk is like, what? Yeah, no. Uh, someone I used to work with used to say, um the way they like their milk uh, like their tea was you had to show the tea bag and I was like what do you mean show the tea bag and they're like you just need to like dip it in like literally your hot water's in already with the milk ludicrous and you just go dip dip and I was like what so you're having hot milk with water down hot milk what Who it didn't even this? change color didn't even change color why would you do why would you even have tea madness exactly madness <laughs> but yeah no so I always like to know how people take their tea and stuff because this is I was always interested it's a good chat in the office I always think <laughs> good way to know someone I'd say and that's also a test for the office though do you not think like if yeah. someone's like you need to make the tea or the coffee like did you not feel a mental pressure like I remember being like an account yeah. exec and being like oh my goodness I don't drink tea or coffee really so yeah. what is a good tea and what's a good coffee and the fear of putting someone's coffee or tea in yeah. front of them and you like look at their face for like the recognition of like this is okay like okay yeah. God. <laughs> so I had that when I did uh, work experience at an event company uh, when I was still studying <laughs> I remember it was like my first day and I I did the I knew you had to ask for tea it was before I drank like coffee but I did drink tea and I was like oh does anyone want a cup of tea like total brown nosing like trying to get brownie points and I remember um a girl who was in the office oh yeah I'll have a green tea that boy from Huntley green tea is not a thing where we're from so it was like I was like green green a green tea and she was like yeah, yeah green tea and I was like oh do you take milk <laughs> no her face I can imagine and she and she looked at me and she kind of you could tell she was oh bless him he's an absolute fanny uh, and she just went oh yeah just a bit of milk but being like and I think she said something after like oh yeah and tea in general like I'll take a bit of milk and I was like oh right okay and I was like that's a bit weird so then I went to the kitchen <laughs> to the kitchen came back <laughs> with a green tea with milk in it and I remember putting it down her looking at it being like oh Jesus Christ he's he's not gonna last in, <laughs> in this world he's gonna get eaten alive <laughs> thing but for like people need to like that's this isn't a top thing you know you don't learn these things true learning experience oh my goodness oh my goodness teach it in schools teach it in schools teach kids of the future how to make a cup of tea (laughs) exactly exactly (laughs) speaking of school when you were at school was um were you always keen on writing was that something that you were always really good at or was it just something you kind of fell into after you left school Admittedly, Colin, I was a terrible writer at school. I overwrote all the time. So I remember I was doing the same. I was essays. The same. And you would have, like, do you remember doing your exams and you'd have to ask for another booklet because you've written so much for a story that you've made up yes. in your head. And this story is about 50 pages long. I'm like, I could have given JK Rowling a, a, a girl run for her own money because I was like, I've written a novel. I could have, I probably wrote a dissertation in my time of being <laughs> at school, having written so much. But yeah, like, honestly, I wasn't really big on writing. I don't really know what, what was I big on at school? I love biology and modern studies and I love like business management and stuff. So other than that, no, unfortunately, like yeah. I wasn't really a big writer apart from an overwriter, clearly. Um, yeah. And then I don't know why I started blogging. I don't know where the bug came from or anything because no one was really... There wasn't not that people weren't blogging because obviously a lot of people were blogging, but in Aberdeen there wasn't really a big yeah there wasn't many. Scene you were you were probably the only one I knew at that time really, and then obviously you knew people from the circle, but yeah it was only really you I knew of. It was um I guess you and uh, 
foodie crime probably the only two that I knew of but that was about it really yeah I and then like everybody else is slowly but surely like started blogging Instagram pages or like I say mm-hmm. blogging Instagram like you know Instagram pages around food and drink and stuff and you know some people still have their blogs like Karen's and stuff like that who have mm-hmm. like their recipe blogs and stuff which is great um it's absolutely amazing I wish I was as good a cook as they are because oh I know it's just unreal but yeah it wasn't a massive thing and then it seemed to be a bigger thing in Aberdeen and just kind of grew and now I think it's the Instagrammy thing that's bigger up yeah. here for the food crew um definitely from food I crew tell. I like the it food crew. <laughs> the food crew of half of who I've never met but <laughs> yeah. know them on Instagram as if they're like my best friends which is really funny <laughs> I know it, it's weird it's like a really nice food community just now like everyone like knows off people but no one like there's folk I walk past in the street and I'm like I'm pretty sure that was x <laughs> like I'm I, you just know and like half time you, you want to stop and say oh hi I but you're like I can't bear to think I go hi I'm the food hoover <laughs> I'm the food hoover it's and so funny Hoover. I met Fat Scrams at the gym. Oh yeah. Oh. So I didn't even <laughs> I know what it. he looked like. It's so funny, like because obviously his thing is a cartoon. Like I met him at the gym. I was like, hey, like it's so How bizarre. <laughs> mental, absolutely mental. Okay, so that takes us to our final question of the day. So it's all music. It's about your feel good uh, song that needs to be in your playlist. So when you're writing. How does your brain cope with music? Do you need music to get you in the zone or silence? Absolute no to music, please. I can't, I can't. If I'm doing social media, so if I'm doing stuff for Instagram and that kind of thing on our uh, company accounts, then yes, I can. Because I like vibing away and kind of getting a bit invincible. But other than that, no. Because I'm usually either transcribing stuff that I've already looked, like I'm listening to or I'm writing and I cannot, I just can't. Women can multitask, but I I cannot do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. I think it's got to be like, for me, like I need like silence pretty much, but I have like the radio on like really, really, really light that I don't really hear it. This is a bit of background noise, but yeah, I don't understand when people are like, oh yeah, get my headphones in. I just like get a playlist on, I just do it. And I'm like, no, I'd end up like just not doing it. I'd just end up like walking around dancing and thinking mm-hmm. I was in my own concert. Exactly. I would be doing the same or just vibing and singing the way or start writing what I'm listening to. And I'd have yeah. like some weird Adele or something writing like Lady, that. Writing Lady Gaga's <laughs> memoirs. <laughs> like, yeah, writing literally. her next <laughs> unauthorized biography. <laughs> like, I'll write yes. it now. <laughs> <laughs> so what is your song that needs to be on that feel good playlist for you? So in general, like whether it's work, whether it's a night out or whatever, like or just chilling um Beyonce's this is so cliche and everyone's gonna like seriously come on but her run the world like run the world yeah I didn't want to sing so I'm a terrible singer but yeah I mean I'm no better (laughs) you're way better than I have just me (laughs) I am obsessed like I just think when that song comes on like you know the shoulders were going earlier like I'm like yes like we can take on the world it's fine that that story's fallen through it's okay we've got this it's fine we've got something else it's okay it will work out um and yeah like anything anything Beyonce to be fair but her fun the world is definitely like come on yes we can do it's your one it's your one (laughs) I could just imagine it like if there's a crisis in the office it's like it's okay let's just get run the world on and we'll just take a moment and we'll get back to it after it'd be fine well that takes us to the end of uh, your dishing it episode julia that has been rammed with food galore i mean again back from the fed 
OTT, but we love it because we've got a lot of places to whet the appetite for things coming back, hopefully in the future. But thank you so much for joining me today. And we'll see each other in a restaurant soon. We're usually sat next to each other somewhere. Never far away. No, not at all. (laughs) Thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Ah, you're too kind. See ya. Bye. Well, I knew Julia would deliver the goods, but not one, not two, but seven back from the fed eateries. That gal really knows her food, even when they're not even here anymore. And if you relate to the table with your pen and paper, fear not, all the businesses mentioned today are linked in the description of this episode. Thanks to Julia for being my guest and thanks to you at home for listening in. Make sure to subscribe, rate, comment and share to show this little old podcast some love and join me next week for more food chats, food safaris and food, 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 food. I'm off for a bowl of Cocoa Pops, so stay safe, eat well and speak soon. Bye.